1: Twelve twenty. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
2: Hey everyone, it's me, Rob Black, talking money, investing, more. I've been doing this a long time, and I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy... The relationship that I have with you on so many levels—you um, trust me. I, I, I do my best to find information for you that's hopefully helpful. Um, it's not always going to be, and I know that. Um, you know, I, I think, for instance, I try to give you tips and hints so that you can become a better investor. And I got an email yesterday, two days ago, from a long-time listener of the show. He's basically bet on two stocks, one REIT because it pays a big, fat dividend, and one <clears throat> stock Apple, which some years are better than others. I own shares of Apple, and I could say some years are better than others. And yeah, it's been a winner on some levels, but is that a strategy or is that a hope? It's a hope. As the Stanley Cup playoffs begin, you always hope that your team's going to raise the cup at the end of the season. When the NFL starts their preseason, you hope that all the pieces come together and somehow they find an offensive line and pull it all together. When you get diagnosed with cancer, you hope everything goes well and you get an extra 10 to 20, 30 years to grow older. Hope doesn't have any place on Wall Street. And I kind of discouraged my friend because he was like, you know, what do you think about my plan? And he, he happens to be an older guy um and it's just not a good plan. He's still working, he's still doing heavy uh physical labor and that's going to stop at some point, right? According to him it is. So I, I try to teach you things. Like hope doesn't have a place in your portfolio. I've been there. I've done it. And I remember back in the 90s, early 90s, getting brokerage statements because they wouldn't do uh it, emails. They wouldn't do the cloud. You had to get a statement sent to you every month. That was law. And it stank, because like there'd be like 18 sheets of paper to learn that you lost all your money in a stock that was a bad idea to begin with, and it was a bad result, you know? It's like ugly ducks. They don't grow up to be beautiful goose, geese, swans. No, they grow up to be even uglier ducks. So, here's an investment tip for you. Talk to teenagers. Now, Peter Lynch famously did that, or his kids wanted to go to the mall and go to certain stores. So he started investing that way. So he says, I don't know if it was quite as quaint and old-fashioned as it sounds, but it, was, it is what it is, right? His kids loved to eat at Chili's and uh, hang out at Chili's. and What were we thinking as a nation? Well, it was fast food, quality, quick service. Uh, quality was a little questionable, right? But it's out there. So when you talk to teenagers right now, American teenagers prefer Apple's iPhone to Android phones. 82% of American teenagers currently own an iPhone, the highest percentage ever in the history of A uh, Piper Jaffray study about teens. American teenagers continue to deeply prefer Apple's iPhone to phones running an Android. It's a teens survey by Papper Jaffray where they questioned thousands of kids across 40 states with an average age of 16. So last year when they did the survey, it was 78% preferred the iPhone. Now it's 80%. iPhone ownership amongst teenagers is even higher, 84%. Uh, and more and more are saying their next phone will be an iPhone. That's good news if you're Apple. It's not bad news if you're Google. It's not good news, but it's not bad news. Oh. Apple just unveiled some new bread phones. and They've now got enough product, whether it be watches, or HomePods, or phones, or desktops, or laptops, or iPads, or magic little earbuds that you put in your ear. They also sell... Um, uh, a really nice pork roast. They, they they have enough product now that they could keep coming up with new versions of it. Pretty much so whenever they want to. So when they announce red phones, you're like, ooh, I'd like a red phone. You don't even know why you want a red phone, but you do. A portion of the proceeds go to fight HIV and AIDS. It stores already. It's not discounted in any way, shape, or form. The old iPhone 8 came out in eh, just limited colors. Gray, silver, gold, and then they do red. Do you remember like a couple years ago when Apple's like, we're going to come out with a gold iPhone? And people are like, is it made of gold? And it's just gold-plated, right? But uh, And their excuse or their thought was, it'll sell well in China because, cliche or no cliche, I don't know. That's gold. China likes gold. gold. And so I get it. Make something to market to people you want as customers. So, you know, I think the good news on it is, I don't know, there's no good news. I'm sorry. There's no good news. We're just going, we're going down a rabbit hole. But they actually did improve um, the phones ever so slightly. So they want everyone wanted last year's iPhone seven model used a white front face with red. And this time, they're using the red face on. It's it's all red. So Apple tries to hear. What other companies try to hear you? You know. Um, I don't know. There's a lot going on out there. Um, eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Um, software. You know, it, when it comes down to sectors, when it comes down to investing. You go, I like tech stocks, but tech stocks come in a lot of forms and flavors, right? There's hardware companies, there's software companies, there's purely Internet companies, right? There's semiconductor companies, there's semiconductor equipment companies that all could be called tech companies. Is Netflix a tech company or is it a media company? Software last year saw a lot of hyper growth. And this is a sector that I like a lot because software uh, has better margins than hardware. When Microsoft made Windows and had the Rolling Stones start the Start Me Up music and, you know, they they did did a big push on the television, marketing, news, commercials. And when Microsoft did that, the story is pretty simple. Come up with a software. Go get a blank CD or DVD. Put it on that. Go get another one. Put it on that. Go get another one. Put it on that. You don't have to keep coming up with the software. You could upgrade it, you could update it, you can copy it, you can replicate it, you can duplicate it. There's a lot of companies in the world of software. I look at about fifty of them. Now, how many of them can have massive growth is the question. Morgan Stanley just put together an idea on some stocks that they cover. And how they're growing, hyper growth. Sounds kind of sexy, right? Um, there's companies like Workday, Splunk, Zendesk, Italasian, Proofpoint, all very, very good. But one that is pretty intriguing, MongoDB. Do you know it? MongoDB. Mongo no like beans. Oh, no. Mongo ate beans. Service now, MongoDB. Mongo These are the three. Mongo like candy. So, service now. Here's the three stocks that Morgan Stanley said to take a look at. Service now, MongoDB, and Yext. There you go. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more.
1: To it don't matter now. Well, it won't last and it won't stand. It don't matter now. But with a suitcase in your hand. We're making financial right. sense of your portfolio. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM1220 KDOW. It don't matter now.
2: and more. Tax day in the United States was originally March 1st. Did you know that? Congress set the due date back in 1913 with the past really? 16th Amendment Whoa. which formalized a nationwide income tax a few years later. It pushed the date back to March 15th and then later on into April 15th back in, I believe, 1955 when they revised tax codes. Let's bring in the one and the only, Rafael Toledo. Spokesperson for the IRS West Coast, Rafael. How are you?
3: Hey, Rob. Thanks for the history. I think you're right <laughs> on, as always. Something like that.
2: Tax code's more than seventy five thousand pages long. Have you read the tax code beginning to end?
3: Cover to cover. <laughs> cover to if cover. You believe me. If you believe me, I've got an island on sale for you. Um, uh, well, fair enough. But I do. I do. You know, it's hard. You bring that up. Nobody knows everything, even within the agency, the smartest, the people who are steeped in knowledge for so many years. But uh, I will tell you that uh, you can generally get enough and um, to get by and, and spread the good word.
2: You know, one of the areas that the IRS that I do respect a lot is how much technology the IRS throws out and uses and implements. They started e-filing, get this, back in 1986. Like, that makes my Palm Pilot feel, you know, old, per
3: se. Uh, This is true. In 1990 was the actual rollout of it, and that's funny, because remember remember when I was up there and we used to do the other show, uh, the Palm Pilot and all that was just starting, and and, uh, flip phones were still, you know, the rage and all that. Now, obviously, it's the norm with everything we have. But, uh, yeah, this is true. We've been on the e-file thing. Speaking of which, I think... When all is said and done this year, I think it will be well over 90% of all returns e-filed. I think last year was 87% in terms of total individual I'm talking about now. Uh, But we'll get 90%. And just about every return now is paperless as well. So those who get a refund, choose direct deposit. And uh, and you really could say that if you are a paper filer and there's still millions of them, uh, you're definitely in the minority, no question about it.
2: So I was just reading up about the IRS and the pilot program they did in 1986. They had five tax preparers do it to yep. e-file, and basically it was a, a tape drive, a tape drive hooked up to a modem. Yep. Um, that must have been a lot of fun to process those returns. But okay, so you can file electronically. E-filing is a great way to go. You still have time to do it on time, but you can also can you e-file an extension, or do you have to send in an extension?
3: You can do it both ways. You can do it several ways. You know, the extension you can paper form old-fashioned way right it takes about three minutes to fill it out send it in if you have a payment and you owe is what i mean you can send in the payment and then request the extension when you send the payment payment even if it's electronic Uh, you can do through software uh, whatever you need to do to request the extension the extension is to file though as you well know but not to pay so if you owe or you think you owe then a week from today is still your deadline how do you know Last year's return is a good guide, which is going to lead me into a segue. And this year, which is going to be completely different. But last year is a good guide. a Good faith estimate, ninety percent, that kind of a thing. Depending on the situation you're in, you could have um, interest that can accrue. But uh, I guess the bottom line is, even if you overpay, you're going to get your refund back, just as if you normally would. If you if you were withheld uh, too much, like we all do anyway, because most do get a refund. But um, certainly the paperless way is the way to go choosing direct deposit now the one thing to say though is 2018 is going to be very different than 17 so we're really kind of uh, urging everybody to check your pay and do what is known as a paycheck checkup is what we're calling it because the provisions in the code the way that new law that was passed and and what's in it for all of us depending on where you are you're probably going to see a change in some way, shape, or form in your amount of withholding, either too much or too little. And so, to avoid a surprise, considering uh, the enormity of it, uh, take a look this year at some point. Maybe some tax planning. I think we discussed this last time I was on, but it's worth noting again. So you don't um, you don't let the government hold your money in terms of a refund throughout the whole year that you don't have to do. At the same time, you avoid a surprise next year.
2: So I've recently seen Best Buy has been hacked. I've seen, obviously, Facebook, as far as data goes, uh, Home Depot. Uh, You name the company, they've been hacked, it seems like. Um, How fearful are we of fraudulent activity? Because it seems like a lot of these hacks ultimately come back to the IRS because having our social security numbers kind of a ticket and getting a refund from someone illegally.
3: Right. And I'll tell you something more sinister in a second, but certainly anything that you can do to protect your information outside the tax system, the bad guys get it in pieces and use it within the tax system to try to file fraudulent returns. So we're doing whatever we can to prevent it. And in fact, statistically, it really shows we've been uh, shutting the door as much as possible on the amount of illegitimate refunds, if you will, going out the door to begin with. Uh, So that said, What we're seeing as part of the latest variation of a scam are erroneous refunds showing up in the real bank account of a taxpayer. So how does that happen? The genesis, unfortunately, is a data breach to tax professionals. So the urging of everybody, including tax pros who have that information that a a criminal can use to file a return, everything, right, including the bank account and routing information, and that way they can file the fraudulent return, have the refund show up in the real bank account of the real taxpayer, and then make the phone call, the threatening phone call, as we're seeing those anyway, uh, to have you take that refund and send it back to them that showed up in your real bank account, and the genesis being because of the data, the data breaches of tax professionals. So that's the latest kind of variation and sinister twist. And, unfortunately, it's just us jumping up and down saying, please, 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 let's all do what we can to be more vigilant especially if you're uh if you're getting uh paid to prepare returns for a living you know what I mean
2: I do I do and I guess I bring it up again and again just uh we've got a weird system and people have to stay on top of their social security number and people have to stay on top of their credit checks and things like that and uh yeah. it just it seems odd that the IRS is the target of criminals like that's you, you it's it's almost like robbing a bank and going to the police and robbing the police. It's like you don't you would think you would want to stay away from those guys because
3: they're on right. you. So the to criminals, speak. the criminals, you know, they're coming from around the world, this and the other. We're investigating them. There are criminal investigations investigating them, and there's there's all kinds of that going on. But if you think about it, the scammers, the criminals, the bad guys, they're using the IRS as a carrot, as a lure, if you will. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's, it, it helps them, uh, I guess prey on the vulnerability of those who don't know that we don't do business that way, right? In terms of the threatening calls and emails and all that that are, that are bogus. Uh, and so, uh, we do whatever we can to warn folks it's not the IRS doing business. Now, the other thing about it is, it's, uh, this, it's the continued vigilance that we're preaching, uh, just to be, be, uh, be smart, be careful, and, uh, understand that's the culture we're in, as all of us, as, as people, as consumers, uh, Uh, just to be careful with our information.
2: Rafael, we're almost out of time. We've got about 15 seconds. Any final thoughts?
3: Yes, irs.gov for anything you need help-wise, 24-7, 365. And, Rob, um, I enjoy it as always. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Rafael.
2: Rafael Tolino with the IRS. You can find them at irs.gov. Great institution, big institution, biggest financial institution, I believe, in the world, definitely in the United States. A lot of processing going on there. Get your filing done soon or get that extension. One thing you don't want to do is not do an extension. Been there, done that. Now, I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. You can find the IRS at irs.gov. No matter how try, get at the back of the class, in the back of the bus Sitting out at the
4: dance So say saying no thanks when they see you-
1: comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
2: 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Did you know that if you report a tax cheater to the IRS, it can earn Earn you up to 15% of the amount collected as reward. It will probably also earn you a tattoo that says rat, um, but you can get a maximum of $10 million if you know somebody who's doing hardcore uh, IRS cheating. And uh, some people brag about that kind of stuff. Off topic, and definitely not this man, Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, are you finished with your taxes yet?
4: Uh, my accountant is yeah so I have to uh, mail in a small check though pretty pretty soon here so I'm about ready to wrap things up
2: it's funny you have an accountant I have an accountant Uh, at one point in time we grew up and we were like let's do our own taxes when we're 18 and as we get older like no it's not
4: right yeah it seems like once you you know have children in the and uh, all that other stuff it's <laughs> a little bit more more taxing if you will to, to do your own taxes so uh so i leave that into the capable hands of a uh, of a of an authority and an expert in a field where i am not
2: <laughs> i was just talking to an irs uh, representative and we we're talking about back in 1986 you could use a tape drive and a modem and e-file and uh I just, it just—it it makes you scratch your head on occasion when you see Zuckerberg in front of Congress talking about privacy issues and how things change so quickly and so fast and how somehow we let a company that has two billion sets of eyeballs not get regulated, and yet we'll regulate basically—you know—car seats. We'll regulate everything but. Um, this scenario. Anyway, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm waxing poetically how much uh, efficiency has come through our economy in a very small amount of time of our lifetimes. So I would think 1986 is pretty familiar to you.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're and you're right, you know, Rob. I mean, it's just the the, the technological advances <laughs> since then have been just um, you know off the charts, so to speak, and um, and they have made. Life more efficient uh, in many ways, um, but of course, it's um, as we're seeing here with the Facebook issue. I think it's left people more exposed in in ways that they never dreamed possible. So, uh, so you do have to find a balance there. And and I suspect, as you you know, rightfully acknowledge how many users Facebook has, and now that this issue is out in the open about uh, their failure to really you know protect. Privacy of their users um, probably will see a little bit more government oversight uh, than than you've than they've been accustomed to seeing in the past, and that kind of changes the game a little bit.
2: <laughs> so I started my morning checking out page one, written by you, Patrick O'Hara, briefing dot com. President of China, Xi Jinping. Um, basically, he he's rising to the occasion. He's being the better man. He, he's meeting Trump halfway. Um, what are your thoughts on China going to China saying that they will lower tariffs on autos, decrease duties on other products, and strengthen the protection of intellectual property? It's a, it seems to me—and tell me if I'm wrong—but it seems to me a, a win for the
4: president. Well, uh, it could be a win for both presidents, really. Um, I think you know uh, President Xi kind of talked the talk, uh, if you will here, which you know I think made him look like the better diplomat, if nothing else. Um, right. you know, to try and you know quiet some of these the the trade rhetoric that 's been uh heating up and certainly has been inflamed by a lot of tough talk coming out of washington and and you know and and I guess to be fair, I mean some of that tough talk is certainly warranted um it it probably is more boiling down to to the style of leadership though that, that's that 's you know resonating as as a uh, a feather in the cap of president c g right now so um, but You know, the market has clearly liked the notion that um, China seems to be open to, um, you know, to making their markets, you know, more open, if you will, uh, and and is looking to, as you say, kind of meet the U.S. halfway somewhat with the reduction on tariffs on auto imports and other products. Um, But, again, you know, it's all sounding good right now but until you actually see the action uh you, you can't you know put you know complete faith in 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 the idea of of what's being proposed right now so um but it's but it's good to know that China and, and certainly that you're getting this you know, it's the voice from the top, right? That's giving you a sense that you know everyone can kind of calm down a little bit as it relates to the trade war concerns, and you know, China is not trying to um, be so heavy-handed here in its dealings. Uh, even though some of the you know officials below the president have have sounded tougher than than what he made things sound like last night, um, you know that they, you know, that they're willing to, you know try to negotiate this thing out. And I think the stock market has reacted accordingly uh, based on that interpretation.
2: So the markets feel a little more volatile than normal. The VIX is up, but Mm -hmm. it's not up that much. Um, Are the markets more volatile? Are we dealing with bigger numbers or is it just the transition? Like how are we feeling about this when we're looking at it at
4: lunchtime um, as the market starts to close? Right. Well, there's, there's no doubt that the market is more volatile. Um, this year. And as we've kind of discussed before uh, on the program, you know, I think that is related in large part to the recognition that you're hitting some um, some real inflection points on some really important matters uh, that, that are relevant for stock valuations, uh, namely, you know, interest rates and inflation and Fed policy. Um, all of those Areas, I think that the market is coming around to the understanding that kind of like the the best of the days uh, are are behind it uh, on each of those fronts. Trying to adjust for for a new outlook that would include higher rates, rising inflation, and a more hawkish-minded Federal Reserve. So while we talk a lot right in the here and now about all the trade issues uh, that are that are taking place, um, I think really at the root of what at the market's volatility is is this um, understanding or appreciation the fact that uh, the interest rate dynamic is is changing, uh, and there's some uncertainty about how quickly it will change, but I think there is some uh, growing certainty related to uh, the belief that uh, interest rates have hit their low for this cycle, and that the path of least resistance right now with interest rates is to the upside. And so, uh Even though we've got really strong earnings growth that we're going to hear out of this first quarter and, and perhaps through most of this year, I think there's some uh, underlying concerns that we're at a peak in terms of the earnings growth for this cycle, and I think that's also why the market has been, um, you know, somewhat non-responsive really to the very good earnings backdrop uh, that gets reported on um, all the time.
2: So what else are you working on? Is in, One of the reasons I brought up technology was tied towards the technology of the IRS is tied towards productivity in the United States, and one of the reasons we're in a great bull market and we've had a great 30 years is technology, um, something I'm always fascinated by, and that sometimes is shown in, like, production, and it's sometimes shown in productivity. Um, is there anything that stands out to you right now that you're looking at, working on, that you want to share with our listeners?
4: Well, you know, we're going to going to be all about earnings, really, you know, okay. coming up here not not too long from now, right? Um, you know, J.P. Morgan gets going here on Friday with its earnings report. And uh, about mid-April, though, is where you really start to see the first quarter earnings reporting period uh, go into full gear. Uh, and, and what, in terms of what I'm working on, it's, it's more, of a, you know, paying attention to how the market's reacting to what will undeniably be good earnings news. Uh, does it respond in a bullish way to its, you know, most important fundamental driver? Um, or does it, uh, you know, fail to rally on good earnings news, again, creating the sense that it's been priced in already and that there are, you know, underlying concerns that uh, the pace of earnings growth will start to decelerate and uh, and that, you know, rising interest rates potentially will make um, uh, people less willing to pay up for every dollar of earnings. And so, you know, Tend to see some multiple compression in, in that type of environment. So, going to continue to really watch that closely here through this first quarter earnings reporting period because it has been very intriguing to me uh, that the market has been so um, uh, manic uh, this year, even though it's it's had uh, a really strong awareness that this is going to be a should be a really strong year of earnings growth.
2: It really should be, and it's going to be fun to watch because of, uh, obviously, the tax cuts to corporations. And uh, I'm looking forward to see, you know, what does Apple do with all their cash? Uh, we're going to go on buying sprees. They're going to do buybacks, things like that. So, uh, earnings season starts uh, roughly in about a week, two weeks.
4: Yeah, you know, it. it sort of we'll call it the unofficial start was this friday when you've got you know jp morgan reporting its results but around uh, april 19th or so is when you really start seeing things get very heavy in terms of the earnings reporting and that will continue through about mid-may so you've got a four-week period there where um, there will be no shortage of news and plenty of items to focus on as it relates to uh, earnings reporting
2: And that's an area where I think Briefing does a great job um, with all their tabs. One of their tabs is earnings and earnings calendars. Uh, But then you go to the live and play and you can hear the, but you don't hear the conference call, but you, it's, it's transcribed in real time, it feels like at times. But um, thanks very much. Have a good day. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing is a, a website you need to explore and it's a subscription base. And I think it's highly worth it. I start my day every day with the live and play. Um, and the page one column with Patrick O'Hare, he does a bigger piece, which you would probably uh, compare to something along the lines of um, a college paper. But it's readable and enjoyable. It's based on business. But every Friday he comes out with a big picture. There's swing trades. There's data previews. There's data reviews. There's bond columns. There's Fed briefs. There's momentum stocks. There's... Uh, value stocks, there's a, there's a lot going on Briefing.com, you can find it at briefing.com www.briefing.com uh, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial And of course there's an app too, for those who Want the app You can find me online at robblackshow.com That's robblackshow.com Coming up, with more Rob Black
1: There was music all night all when the hands hit 11 Pennsylvania came to life all the kids on the corner California never had that thing. I remember rich the summer like yesterday. me now, forget me now, forget me now. Come on, not forget me now. me now, forget me now, forget me Come on, not forget me now. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black in your money. On AM twelve twenty KDO double Every time I go away from you, I can feel my mama wait for me. Billy, I will never change on you. You ain't always sunny, honey, but you love me back. Billy, forget me not, forget me not, forget
2: me not. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. Um, I hope you get to retirement. I hope that we can get there together. Let's try to have a nice day, treat each other with respect and love and good things. Um, a lot going on, a lot going on. What do you want to pay attention to? Man, there's so much negative. Sandy Hook, kids getting shot. Talk show hosts saying stupid things and getting fired. Every single day, it just seems like our society is just messy, right? How am I going to fix that? How is Rob Black going to fix it? Well, I have an answer. You want to know what it is? Four-packed checkout Monster Jam, April 28th at Levi Stadium Whoa. in Santa Clara. Woo! Monster Jam! It returns to Levi Stadium on Saturday. Saturday. I've got tickets for four for a night of adrenaline packed family entertainment. Check out Gravedigger. Seriously. If you have not looked at YouTube in a while, check out Gravedigger and max D and many, many more. Don't miss the world class drivers, uh, exhibition. This is not a competition. It is an exhibition. Please. No wagering. Perfectly engineered monster. Uh, you can get tickets on sale tickets on sale now at ticketmaster.com. It's ticketmaster.com. Um, Four pack for a family. Levi Stadium, you know, take uh, public transportation there, cheap, and uh, enjoy Monster Jam, fun stuff. You know, if you've got a kid who's six years old to ten years old, it's 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 heaven. And I uh, I highly recommend earbuds, something to uh, help calm the noise because you have not heard Monster Trucks, it's loud. Uh, you know, the ones that I used to love. Do you remember the, the late night TV commercials? Uh, wheels, 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 wheels! <laughs> so, you're gonna see a lot of wheels. There's me, big wheels. There's me, wheels bigger than your house. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a curiosity, it's a fantasy. Um, you know, I once was driving down to South Carolina from uh, Virginia. I always liked South Carolina because the women were I and they liked Jimmy Buffet. And, uh, Jimmy Buffet, awesome. So, um, And I saw Gravedigger on the side of the road. His shop was on the side of the road. I was like, I have to take my picture with that thing. And so I have a picture of me, like 18, 19 years old, with Gravedigger. So anyway, I'm out of happiness and love and support and good words. Now, you do some good deeds today, because I've done mine. Family of four-pack, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Levi Stadium, Monster Jam, April 28th. So that's right around the corner. You pay your taxes. Go have a day of fantasy fun with your family. Um, Got a first grader, second grader, have them invite a friend. It's a way to um, bond over trucks. Hershey's candy sales are going to suffer. Why? Because consumers are leaning towards healthier snacks. Can you imagine? Talking about our childhood, and I guess today is like a throwback Tuesday where I'm talking about Palm Pilots and e-filings and the IRS. But here's one that's a real big time throwback, in my opinion, is um, Hershey bars. I remember a Hershey bar was like, if dad got me a Hershey bar, it was like a good day. So Hershey's portfolio as a stock, i.e. the stuff that they sell, is overexposed right now to the slowing category consumption and rising cocoa prices. I'm cuckoo for cocoa boss munchy, crunchy chocolatey. Just give the bird a, a, a bowl of, of chocolate crisps. He'll be fine. Quit taking it away from him. So Hershey's portfolio is overexposed to the slowing category of consumption tied towards health. Never thought I'd see that day, right? But we're seeing it, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, my kid came home from school the other day. And he goes, you know, plastic, plastic straws are bad. At dinner later that night, he was using a plastic straw. But the good news is that they're teaching kids to be healthier, to be more environmentally smart. So <clears throat> when I own Hershey stock at this point in time, I probably want it. It's just like Campbell's soup. Mm-mm, Good, right? You get sick, you get the flu, and you're like, ah, I need Campbell's soup. I need chicken noodle soup, and I need it in that red and white thing. Uh, Yeah, yeah, the written right label, it's familiar, it's comfortable, right? Uh, But it's really salty, and people aren't going that direction anymore. So I bring that up in large part because things do change, and your childhood is not the way you should invest. But again, take a look at American Express or Visa or MasterCard. Those are great companies that have been around since you were a kid. Now, some of them were publicly traded, and some of them were private. And now they're all public, and do I think they'll be around? Good chance. So Hershey's in the news, like I said, getting that uh, negative negativity. Uh, for the record, uh, Hershey is a great business book. If you, I just wish these business books weren't four hundred pages. I wish they were like seventy. <laughs> I know you're saying, "Man, you're, you're you're revealing something right now about biographies." I don't like the long biographies, but it's the number one, you know, yeah, candy company, chocolate company, Almond Joy, lots of kisses. 80 global brands, and that's where they get into problems. Global brands, like Hershey's, we all know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, mm-hmm. Twizzlers, Mounds, Almond Joy, Kit Kats, York Peppermint Patty. What would you do for a Kit Kats? When I bite into a York Peppermint Patty, I have a feeling that I'm on a, a mountain top with air breezing through my hair. Like, you remember all these god-awful commercials, right? They make bubblegum, breath mints, cookies all things that parents would be slowly saying, you know, Junior, you don't need those three times a day. And through the years, you know, Junior, you don't need that every day through the years. You know, Junior, you only need that once a week through the years. Wouldn't you much rather chop on some seaweed crunch from Trader Joe's? Oh, Alex won. Alex, big winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, Trucking tickets, monster trucks. See, the world is a happier place already. (laughs) I'm Rob Black, host of Rob Black and Your Money. Join me and CFP Chad Burton for Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar coming up on May 3rd, 630 to 830 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration is $25, but free with the code RADIO25 when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It can be hard to even know where to begin, but focusing on a few essential issues will help increase your income in retirement and your chances of enjoying a secure future. CFP Chad Burton will discuss new tax laws and how they affect your retirement. Transitioning your portfolio from accumulation to income. The right accounts to draw from first Social Security changes, good and bad retirement products, measuring risk, protecting your estate from long-term care costs. I will discuss the economy and market trends. Michelle Lerman will explain updates for estate planning. It's the Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, May third, six thirty to eight thirty at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino. Registration's twenty-five dollars, but free with a code RADIO twenty-five when you sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com